Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to a brand new week and a brand new Ralph Report as we kick off Monday, June 24th. Yeah, I know. Monday sucked. There's nothing we can do about that. But maybe we can take the edge off a little bit with a brand new Ralph Report today. I am, of course, I am, um, course... Your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. I was drinking this weekend. Anybody can tell? I am your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself, Mr. Eddie Pence. Hey, everybody. Enjoy him while you got him, boys and girls, because this is the last Ralph report for Eddie Pence for, I think, about uh, four and a half months. He's yep. going on uh, a huge uh, tour of Europe. He's going to be a... Uh, going to eat a lot of stuff. He's going to take off and he's going to be, what the hell they call it when someone goes. Sabbatical? No, when someone goes to spread the word of Jesus over in Africa. Mission, a missionary. On a mission? He's a missionary. I'm going on a mission. Yeah. No, he's gone this, the reindeer this week and then next week through the 4th of July and then we'll all be back together again yeah. after the holiday. Where are you going there, Pence? What's uh, the plan? I'm going to go into Virginia for a couple days. Uh, Virginia is for lovers, you it know. It is, with their apples. Yeah. <laughs> no apples. It's a heart. <laughs> Johnny Appleseed. And then I'm going down to South Carolina to visit my folks for the mo- majority of the trip. Lovely. So they get so. to see their grandson and their son and yeah, uh, their, their daughter-in-law. daughter-in-law. So. And everybody has a good time. It'll well, be fun. And I've, I, you know, I haven't seen them in a year because I'm living out here and they're old, so they don't travel. So Look, I hear you. I, I, for many years, I did that when my folks were still back in Philadelphia. And it was only through uh, them retiring and moving to the West Coast that I got to see yeah. them as much as I did. So, so you got to do it. You got to go once a year at least. And there's nothing better than the deep south oh, in summertime. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's so if comfortable. You, if you've there. never been, I suggest you go. If you like breathing underwater, <laughs> if you like 147% humidity, then I recommend the south in oh, the summertime. So. It's awful. The only problem is... Uh, Eddie's birthday is Friday, the 28th, I want to say, this Friday, the 28th. And so Eddie won't be here for the big gala Eddie Pence birthday Lollapalooza extravaganza show, which, as you know, we plan every year on his birthday. Sadly, he won't be here for it, so we're not going to do that. But we did want to make today's show a little special in honor of your birthday. So I I set up a little birthday breakfast for you there. I can't wait. I hope you appreciate the effort I went to. It's a little birthday breakfast. It's underneath that serving bowl there. So I didn't want you to peek until you were ready. I'm very curious. But I want you now to lift it up and see what what, uh, the first lady and I got you for your birthday breakfast. Are you kidding? There you go. Chicken nuggets and fries. Chicken nuggets and fries. The one thing we knew Eddie Pence would enjoy eating. Oh, I can smell it. It smells so good. That's why I had to cover it up. I don't want to give it away. (laughs) Because that has a that has a familiar <laughs> and distinctive odor to it, that's for sure. Oh. So you can just put that bowl aside, and then feel free just to munch I away might... all during the show. Oh my! Don't stand on ceremony. I want you to eat up, and I got you a Coke Zero. Oh, I... and uh, and some chicken nuggets, just the ultimate oh in cuisine. You for really, your birthday. You really so. know where to hit me. So we wanted to make sure that you were taken care of. Oh my of. God. So again, Thank we won't you. you won't be here on the twenty-eighth, but we'll celebrate your birthday today mm, the best we can. Nuggets. As Eddie mm. puts nuggets in his mouth. <laughs> which it won't be the first time he's had somebody's nuggets in his mouth. Uh speaking of June twenty-eighth, I did want to remind you good members of the Garmy, if you also are fans of a little show I do called Hollywood Babylon with Mr. Kevin Smith, we are doing a uh, our first show back here in the States. Since we took that tour of Ireland and the UK, we're going to be performing live on stage on Friday the 28th at 8 p.m. at the Improv Comedy Club there on Melrose in Hollywood. If you're in Southern California and you've been aching for some new babble, Kevin Smith and I will take the stage once again this Friday, 8 p.m. It's the 28th. Go to Improv.com. Click on Hollywood, then their event calendar, and uh, we'll be right there. And you can click on there and it's get It's been your over a month since you guys done a babble, right? Yeah. Well, we did five and seven days in Europe. Yeah. So we had those sort of to play for folks right. and give them stuff. And then Smith, schedule-wise, has been all over the place. His mom had some surgery, so he was back east. And yeah. We haven't really been able to gather together the way we normally do s- till now. So uh, we're doing it 
as soon as possible. A lot of people saying, what the hell's going on with Babylon? It's just been scheduling issues, but as the uh, as the summer settles down, we're going to be able to do more. As a birthday present to me, everybody go to Babylon. That's right. It'll be the big Eddie Pence celebratory <laughs> they won't Hollywood Babylon <laughs> show. And Kevin Smith will say, who's Eddie Pence? And I'll say, don't you mind. Never mind. We're going to celebrate. Uh, speaking of celebrating and your birthday and special things involving Eddie Pence, before yeah. we go any further, last we talked previously on the Ralph Report, on our last episode, Eddie Pence was just getting ready to go down to uh, Disneyland in Anaheim, edge. California to have an experience not many people are going to be able to have, certainly not until uh, June 24th, I think, is when the reservation reservations that's stop. Today. Oh, that's, that's today, today right. Yeah. Today, uh, people can now go, uh, normal people can go. But up until now, it's been a uh, special dealio where if you made reservations, you get to go in four-hour chunks and yeah. visit the land before the crowds get ridiculous. It's nuts. And even, I think even today, they're starting to sing... You can't just walk in. You have to go in. As soon as you get in the park, you have to fast pass it. Oh, I see. So they've sort of scheduled it. So you have to get in, click on a fast pass time right when you get in the park. And then you're so it's kind of like a reservation anyway. Then you're given a block. They of time. give you a time. Yeah. And really, you still get blocks. You can't stay there all day. You got to no, be I in and out they, four hours. I think they move you in and out because Look, people just I, hang out there. I, of course, it would be ridiculous. We know Star Wars fans and we know it could if they could, they would move there and they would hide <laughs> underneath a, a trash can. And I they would. would never leave. I would. So Eddie got to go via some folks from the Garmy, reached out to him and made an in invitation to himself and his wife Tracy and their son Colton and invited them down there to Disneyland to experience the uh, Star it Wars Galaxy's Edge. Amazing. Clay and Tammy of the Garmy. Clay and Tammy, yes. Um, very, very great people. They were Their reservation list got expanded. Disney go, hey, you can put more people on your reservation list. So he contacted me. He's like, you and your family want to go. And I'm That's like, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. And we went down there. We had to get there real early, like 5 a.m. You get in the park. You wait for three hours until they open up the gates, and then you flood in, and you just make a mad dash for whatever so you want So you're there see. at five, and the gates don't open until eight? Yes. Hmm. You have to check in at six. I got you. You get your little wristband at six. Then they uh, strip search, around. then the pat down. Yep. And then you stand around the park for Look two for hours. for contraband. <laughs> Bend over. Lightsabers up your ass. That's right. But yeah. And so you enter the gate at eight. Yeah, and then... Uh, now, what was the crowd like, even with the reservations? There was, was probably... Uh, probably, I would say a couple thousand people, but it's a couple acres worth of land. Yeah, right? I mean, so. it, it didn't it didn't feel crowded there. Like we, I got to ride the Smuggler's Run, which is the Millennium Falcon ride. I rode it twice. The lines were fifteen minutes long. Fifteen minutes. That'll never be the that'll case never again. be the case again ever. But yeah, it was like it was not crowded. It, they had a, the right amount of people. But the only problem is if anyone does go, and I didn't even get to do this, the lightsaber build, which is you drop two hundred dollars to build your own lightsaber, right. but you have to get there. It fills up in the first fifteen minutes for the day. Oh, I see. So we didn't even get to do that because there's two places you have to make it. Everyone wants to go to the cantina because that's where you can drink alcohol in Disneyland. Sure. And, and at eight o'clock in the morning, yeah, you have you to get, get a stiff drink. Well, because the the line builds up and there's a wait list for the whole day. So if you at don't the cantina, if you don't get your name on the list, and then they give you a block of time to come back, you don't get in. Oh, that would not bode well for me. Yeah. If I went to get a drink and then I had to go on a waiting <laughs> list, can you imagine me waiting all day in <laughs> the sun in at the Disneyland sun at without a cocktail? You'd oh, be no. so angry. No, no. But I'd, that, have to, I'd cut open a bantha and crawl inside of it <laughs> and just try, and try to just hide cry myself to sleep. Yeah. It was a, it's a, a magnificent place, but we didn't get to do the two things we really want to do, which was the lightsaber build and the cantina because they just fill up so fast. And that's yeah. with the reservation list. When it's open to the public, it's going to be impossible to get well, I wonder how they're going to manage that. I don't know. I think we were talking to the guy. We're like, how are you guys going to do? You're going to be a lot of pissed off people to pay so much money to come here. And then when they get there, they can't build a lightsaber or drink in the cantina. And they're like, yeah, we're trying to figure it out. It's going to change the, the protocol for it's going to change a thousand times before they figure out how to do it properly. I guess it's a uh, trial and error situation. Yeah, a live and learn thing where they're just going to have to monitor it and then see yeah. the best way to get people and in. And then there's a whole Because it takes a while to build one of those lightsabers, right? Because you got to pick the hilt they and said the blade. It's 25 and minutes. So it's a, a half an hour just to process yeah. that. So I can imagine if you got thousands of people in there, you can't do it. No, you, know, you can't. You can't accommodate it. Yeah, it's 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 one like the Smuggler's Run Millennium Falcon ride. It's amazing. You yeah. only did it twice, huh? You only did it twice. I thought you would have been on that thing all day long. Well, because we were walking around. Colton went and built an R two droid. Oh, that's cool. So we wait with the droid factory, so you get to build a little R two unit, and it's a remote control thing, and you assemble the whole thing and. Um, uh, without being too personal, what do you drop on an R2 unit? That was $99. Let's call it $100. $100. Let's call it $100 bucks for, <laughs> flat. for So we dropped it on that. For a droid that you had remote control. Well, it's cheaper than the lightsaber. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it like was two bills. Yeah, right? I thought I was going to drop two on our lightsaber. And then that was, I'm like, so to make to make amends for it, Colton, I was like, hey, you want to go build a droid instead? Oh, you were going to let him build a lightsaber yeah. for 200 bucks? Yeah. You're, you're a. 
father and a half. It's right a once there, in a son. you think it's you don't know next time you're gonna be in there That's doing true. that. No, so I, I was it. like I went in there willing to do that and then I ended up saving hundred bucks and only building a droid. Sweet. So not a bad Thank deal. you, Disney. Not a bad deal. <laughs> um so give me a sense of, I don't know anything about it. Give me a sense of just the atmosphere. Is it is every all the cast members in quotes dressed up in Star yeah, Wars a, gear and stuff? They is have, it immersive as they say? It's super immersive. There's stormtroopers walking around. There's resist there's people dressed as a resistance. Just fucking take one out. You just drop kick a stormtrooper. <laughs> tried to at one point with his life. Resistance! Table. And just take him down. But there's uh, there's people dressed as the resistance walking around, and when they see a stormtrooper, they duck and they hide behind you. Oh, that's like, They're awesome. constantly trying to find, they're trying to weave their way around the First Order, and the First Order is constantly looking for them. Um, and you can't say the word lightsaber in the land. You have to call it scrap metal. Hmm. Because that word is banned. Oh, the sure. First order. Because those fucking um, Jedi. Yeah. And then you go through this little part of the park after you go through the marketplace. And the attention to detail that Disney put into this land is in every nook and cranny has some sort of Star Wars artifact in it that you just you look at. And if you're a fan of the films, you just immediately recognize. Oh, so it's Easter eggs galore. It's then. everywhere. Oh, that's cool. There's like broken down battle droids. I mean, there's it's just stuff that you wouldn't even think would be there. And then you walk through this little path down through the woods. You think you're out of the park and then you, you come up on the resistance base. Oh, where there's an X-Wing and an A-Wing park. And that's where the new ride, that 25-minute long ride they're talking about, that's right. where that's going to be called yeah. Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. Um, so that's like this whole little outskirts part of the park where the resistance base is. It's very Look, it's they very know what cool. they're doing over they there, really don't they? Do. I just wish it was more accessible to everybody because yeah. it's such a cool place. Well, what we're going to do is Eddie was kind enough to shoot some video while he was there, and he's edited together a really fun little 10-minute tour of the park. And so we will throw that up later on today. I will make that available to you, too three and four star generals you'll get that uh, video bonus content of eddie and his family and uh, two members of the garmy doing the uh, galaxy's edge once again it was clay and tammy clay right? and tammy clay yeah. uh, levering from the uh, the pluto tv game. yeah clay's great yeah. and i think it's great that you know i i you know i create the show and clay's a fan obviously <laughs> and in fact i had clay on the show <laughs> to talk about uh pluto tv and his business i i let him promote his uh his business on the ralph report so i think it's great that Clay uh, didn't bother to to reach out to me or make or make an offer and maybe say, hey, maybe you'd like to see Star Wars Galaxies. I think that's really uh, <laughs> sweet of both Clay and Tammy. So really, guys, I, I, I just a warm from the bottom of my heart, just a big fuck you to both of you guys. So go fuck yourself. But I'm, I'm glad you had a good time with Eddie Pence on, oh. on Friday at the uh, Galaxy's they, Edge. They spoke glowingly of you. Well, I, I like to speak glowingly of them, too, right now. I'd like a glowing red hot poker shoved up Clay's ass. Well, look at this. Oh, way. I'm sorry. Uh, some scrap metal. Scrap I'm going to stick some scrap say, metal up Clay's ass. But no, seriously, because I was really busy Friday. I sat here, and uh, I think I, I did some dusting here in the Batcave, so I probably couldn't have made it That anyway, had to get Clay. done. You had to do that I sometime. couldn't have made it. My schedule was just jam-packed, so Look, you saved I appreciate you not offering me the opportunity to see you, Star Wars. Because like, that doesn't sound like Clay fun. saved you about $600. Yeah. Put it that way. Well, okay. As long as, it, <laughs> long as that... that as long as everyone knows where they stand. At least I'm aware now where I am on the pecking order. So, Clay. You're getting angry and angry. So much, no, I'm fine. I just said how fine I was because I had to do some dusting. And Clay uh, seemingly is a great guy. So I wish him all the best. That sounded sarcastic. No, I said the words. Okay. The words, all the words were said, but the tone and inflection. Yeah. Heavy sarcasm. Um, all right. Well, congratulations. As I mentioned, we will throw up that video for you. Two, three, and four star generals. Look, at least, like me, you get to see Star Wars Galaxy's Edge on a video. So you'll get that enjoyment, which I'm sure is very similar Look, to the opportunity that Clay and Tammy provided other people it was, that were not us. It was mildly orgasmic to pull the hyperdrive lever. Oh, how awesome. On the Falcon. Right? And then, and then, those you, stars and then fly you go. Past yeah, you. that was, yes. That's pretty That's fun. That's worth Every Wish fulfillment right there you've ever spent for the life. lucky, lucky members <laughs> of the show, of this show, that were uh, invited to go. Happy which birthday I think to me. Really happy birthday to you. All right. Uh, before we get going with the uh, normal parts of the show, you know what we got. Today we have, uh, of course, your phone calls. We'll be answering the Garmy on the line. We also have, because it's Monday, Holiday or Holiday, the weekly appearance of that popular segment and later on in today's show i will be sitting down with one of my favorite people super talented actor sean hadassey who is currently starring in the brand new season of animal kingdom over there on tnt it's on tuesday nights at 9 p.m if you're not watching or haven't watched the past four seasons of that show 
You are a fool, sir. A fool, I say. So Sean will be on with me and we'll be talking about the brand new season, which has been spectacular so far. So all of that. But before we go any further, I did make a promise on Friday because Eddie is going to be gone for a while and we're going to have a little vacation time around the 4th of July as well. We've been talking so much about bad raps that I thought it would only be appropriate if Eddie and myself tried our own hand <laughs> at rapping. Because, look, if if everyone from Rodney Dangerfield to Barney Rubble can do a bad rap, we certainly are oh. capable of doing a bad rap. Why I think we're we? as bad as anyone. Why not us? Why not us, indeed? I think we suck just as much <laughs> as Hulk Hogan or Mr. T. Or we more. Or more. So we have, in fact, for your listening pleasure, put together our bad raps for today. I'm going to kick things off with mine. Mine is a, a, a little bit more just straightforward, old school, because, you know, I came up in the streets of Philly. And I did a yeah, lot yeah. of rap. And, uh, you know where and, it was. Yo. So uh, we'll just kick off with mine. And then Eddie Pence has put together Eddie, uh, <laughs> an extravaganza for you. It's a well-produced, well-crafted piece of audio entertainment, the likes of which you've probably never heard on the route. It's Drake-like. It is Drake-like. It is very Drake-like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more like, I go more the Snoop route. I'm much more Snoop. And Eddie is much more Drake. Well, I lack in the lyrics and the vocals, which I'm sure you beat me on. But I, I had to overproduce it to make up for that. Sounds excellent. So uh, let's kick things off. This is mine. This is called, uh, well, it's not called anything. It's just uh, me, Ralphie G, which, of course, is my rapping name, uh, spitting mad rhymes at you. Yo, 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 what's up? Ralphie G in the house. Now I'm about to drop some rhymes on your ass. So everybody, listen up. My name is Ralph Garman, the OGRG, and I'm proud to be the leader of the whole army. Sometimes life can get too heavy, so I do my part. I enter in through your ears to reach your head and your heart. With my homie Stephen Carey and my vice boy Pence, I deliver daily love for Lilla's 15 cents. My balls are big and heavy, so I need support, which you provide when you subscribe to the Ralph Report. Yeah, that's it. Ralphie G, I'm out. Peace. So there you go. The OGRG. Oh, that's great. Coming at you. It's like a commercial for the show. That's basically what that's I was perfect. shooting for. Yeah. I was like, what am I going to write about? I said, you know what I'll do? I'll do like Barney Rubble did for Fruity Pebbles. I'll do a commercial for the Ralph Report in the in the awful rap style of the early 1980s. Was it like a minute? That's perfect. It, it roughly comes in at about See, a mine's minute. Mine's a little yeah. long. Mine's two minutes. Yours is beefy. That's for <laughs> it's sure. It's a little beefy. But you know, but there's more space between the lyrics, too. You kind of need time because, again, like Drake, it's just there's a lot of... Yeah, I'm not a lyricist. A lot of stuff there. So now I give... Uh, this one's entitled Gross. It's by, called Gross. By, by Picky E. By Picky E? <laughs> That's my rap name. Picky E. Tur is your last name, Tur? <laughs> Here's Eddie's bad rap. Gross. Hey, it's Picky E, and I'm sitting at the table. That pizza's got mushrooms. You know I'm unable. Gross. I'm not about to eat what I don't enjoy. That's everything from pickles to bok choy. Gross. Don't come at me with honey on a biscuit. Don't even try cheese on a Trisket. I can't eat ham. It ain't about religion. To me, it's just as gross as eating a pigeon. If you put salmon mousse in my mouth, next thing you know, it's on your blouse. So close. If we get dessert and you order food belay, don't be surprised when I call the valet. Hot dogs plain is the way I take it. What makes it even better is that Ralph hates it. When they ask if I want some avocado, I look at them and give a straight up no. I eat a lot of chicken nuggets, you see. To me, that's a delicacy. No, man. I don't want you a pecan. Pie. Word to my chef. Boy, all deep. There you go. <laughs> it's a little long. 
It's, a little long. it's almost like a spoken word piece more than it is a rap. It's kind of like when Baz Luhrmann did that sunscreen song. <laughs> so there you have it. Proof positive that Eddie and I can be just as bad as oh, yeah. anybody. Awful. When it comes to rap. I'm a terrible singer. All right. Let's now listen to you guys. The Garmy. We love it when you reach out to us either via email or social media, of course. And then there is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. A way you can reach us directly by leaving a voicemail on the Ralph Report hotline. That number, as always, one eight three three. Hi, Ralph. <laughs> Happy to hear from you. I listen to each and every one of them. Then I grab a handful and we slap them here in the front of the show. I'm oh choking God, at you're that. Dying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a segment called Garmy on the Line. Let me play this jingle so I can breathe. The telephone is ringing. Last episode, we played a call from Roger, who had just lost his mom and reached out to members of the Garmy. And you guys were so kind, posting things on social media and also on the uh, comments section on Patreon.com to uh, let Roger know he was supported. A lot of phone calls like this one from Ari. Hey, Ralph and Eddie, this is Ari from Philly. Just heard Roger on the show on Friday and uh, just wanted to reach out to Roger Sending you all the love from the garbage man. Sorry to hear about what you're going through. Hello, Dave. Well, I want to let you guys know that Roger reached out to me and uh, was not only appreciative of us talking about what he was going through on Friday and give, sending him our love from the show, but he's also been very aware of everything that you guys have been doing as well. So uh, good job, Garmy. Roger, I know you're listening, and uh, we still love your brother. We know it's going to be hard for a long time to come, but I promise you, you will get through this on the other side. If you've lost a parent like Roger lost his mom, then you know it takes a while to uh, to adjust and to cope and to, and to process it all. But we're with you, and uh, keep reading the comments. Uh, get on Twitter, Roger. I know Roger follows a lot of folks on Twitter, so thanks so much for everybody supporting him. Steve called in. He's got a problem with the show. And this is something that I realized when he brought it up has been longstanding that was always meant to be corrected, but never was. So maybe this is the beginning of a move in the right direction. Hi, Ralph. It's Steve, three-star general from South Pasadena. Um, just calling because I want to let you know I love everything about the Ralph report, except for one thing. It's a minor thing, but it kind of annoys me a little bit every week, and that's just that uh, for the uh, the intro and the outro for the movie beat, I, I can't place what this is from, that guy who says action or cut, cut, and to me, I just feel like uh, that is a segment where John Cooperman or uh, <laughs> Easy. one of the other talented guard members could contribute, maybe give a jingle. It just feels like when you're talking about the movie, this should be a fun thing to look forward to for the weekend, and I just uh, think it'd be great to have a jingle there. Uh, anyway, that's it, LMB, and uh, bye. Yeah, Steve brings up a great a great idea is to uh, open it up to the Garmin to see if anybody has any ideas for a jingle for the Movie Beat segment that we do on Fridays. And when he brought it up, it dawned on me that that was always sort of meant to be a temporary space holder kind yeah. of thing. I just wanted a piece of production to sort of indicate that the segment was beginning and ending. And when I first started putting the Ralph Report together, I said, I'm going to use like a director yelling uh, action and cut, and that'll sort of be at least for now the space holder for that segment right and now here it is a year and a half later i'm just so used to listening to it i forgot that it was never meant to be a permanent thing so and that goes with any of the segments we do here on the show if you've got an idea for a jingle or an intro that you'd like to pass along in this particular case if you have an idea for the movie beat on fridays please feel free to uh, send it along and if we find a, a suitable one which is better than that and really that's not too high a bar then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll swap it out. So thanks for pointing that out, Steve. I appreciate it. Mitch also called in. He has a question about the origin of something. You know, I love to tell you where it came from. Hi, Ralph. Sailor Mitch here in Jacksonville, Florida. One star general because I'm in the military and I'm poor. All right. I was just having a conversation with my wife and I said the phrase, let's call a spade a spade. And I was wondering... Where did that come from? Maybe you can help. Thanks. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Please don't be racist. 
<laughs> Listen, Mitch, first of all, thank you for your service. Mitch, they're serving us in the Navy. I appreciate it, uh, Mitch. I'm not going to be racist because there's nothing racist about it. And I'll tell you why, because here's where calling a spade a spade came from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I'll fucking build this is a particular thorny one to handle because what happens when a perfectly innocuous phrase suddenly takes on a more sinister meaning over time? I mean, if you say these days, I'm just calling a spade a spade, your mind automatically goes to the horribly racist term for African-American yeah. spade, which has been around since around the 1920s. But the phrase calling a spade a spade actually dates back to ancient Rome. Even before that, ancient Greece. Really? Yeah. Originally, the phrase in Greece was calling a fig a fig and a trough a trough. Now, they didn't say it in English, of course. It was in the, it was in Greek. But it was an ancient phrase that they used simply to say what we use spade for a spade now for, which yeah. is just don't varnish it, say it simply, and call something out for what it actually is. Right. Don't try to, uh, you know, cover it up with a lot of flowery language yeah. and stuff. So the phrase... Uh, to call a fig a fig and a trough a trough was taken from the ancient Greek and then translated into Latin by the ancient Romans. And in doing so, Erasmus, the renowned humanist and classical scholar, of I'm going to tell yeah. you that, Eddie. Yeah, no. He translated it into Latin and he changed it to calling a spade a spade. Now, the spade he was talking about was the gardening tool. Okay. The spade is what you use to break up the ground yeah. before you plant. Yeah. And he could have said, call a shovel a shovel or whatever it is. But he was thinking in the most simplest sort of workman um, terms. And he said a lot of people who work with their hands would know what that means. So to call a spade a spade means simply to speak plainly, to identify something clearly. And it was the case for, obviously, many, many years until the 1920s during the Harlem Renaissance when spade then suddenly evolved into code for a black person used as a disparaging comment mm. towards black people. So it wasn't until the 1920s that calling someone a spade was an insult against black people. So up until the 20s, calling a spade a spade literally meant calling a shovel a shovel, basically. Interesting. And then it got even more complex because the card suit spades... Yeah. People thought they were referring to calling it a spade. I always thought that's what it was. And, that, and it was way before cards. That's why, yeah, when you said the Greek stuff, I'm like, that's way before cards. Yes, and then, the, the black, then blackness started getting related to black people and spades, the we're, card suit. Were black. Because some would say, oh, you're as black as the ace of spades. And so even, so they just kept taking on more and more racially derogative Jeez. undertones. So now to the point where some people are calling for the phrase itself to be retired from the American lexicon because it's just much too easy for someone to misinterpret that and then thereby either use it in a negative connotation or for someone to be offended by hearing it, not knowing where it originally came from. Mm. So in, in describing it, Mitch, I have not hopefully been racist, but just to be on the safe side, maybe we should all stop calling a spade or spade. Anyway, that's where it came from. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I'll fucking build up. Next up is Dylan. He called in. He's our favorite Canadian listener. Oh, you know? yeah. We were talking about Muhammad Ali, how he um, lost out in five years, maybe his prime of his boxing career because he was fighting a battle with the U.S. government who wanted him to serve in Vietnam. And he was a conscientious objector due to his uh, religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. uh, Dylan saw an opportunity for humor there. Hey, Ralph Nanny, it's Dylan from London, Ontario. I was listening to, uh, I think it was Thursday's show. You're talking about Muhammad Ali refusing to uh, fight in the army because of his Muslim beliefs. Yeah. And how he didn't want to take up arms against another man. Right. But he had no problem taking up his arms against another man in the ring. Huh? Yeah. Is there a rim shot there? Maybe? No. No? No. Okay. I understand. Here's my B-Ray. Oh, poor Dylan. <laughs> Listen, Dylan. It's, it's a, it's a, a, it's a valiant, valiant effort. But no, you, sh you shan't get a rim shot today. No rim shot for you. But try again. Please feel free. Yes. And lastly, this phone call floored me. Here's a little lesson to be learned. To all you podcasters, future podcasters, folks who wanted to get into radio or broadcasting, you never know who's listening. When you, when you tell a story or recount something from your personal life, you never know 
who out there could be on the receiving end of your message? So you can imagine my surprise when I received this call from Cassie in Houston. Hi, Ralph. It's Cassie from Houston. I was listening to the Ooh, So Close segment from last week, and I also remember that bit uh, very well. Uh, you said that it was a gag, but on the air, you actually thought the girl might be a hooker, which I remember because... I was that girl. I was the listener who had sex with you on your birthday at the Farmer's Daughter Motel. And I'm not a hooker, never have been. And in fact, when I got to the office that day, there were a couple of people who had listened to the show all morning and recognized my voice and asked if it was me. I denied it, but I think they always suspected. <laughs> anyway, thanks for bringing up a great memory from the past. Um, LMD, bye. Cassie, the girl what? I had sex with on my birthday <laughs> in that motel room. She's a general in the army. Is a listener of the show. <laughs> I hope and, a four star. And as you can imagine, uh, it was it was surprising for me to hear from her. But what was it like for her to hear that story wow. told on a podcast some 20 years after it happened? <laughs> I can only imagine her surprise. <laughs> So what I need to do now, I think, is get Cassie on the phone, and we need to have a little interview about yes, that day. Because absolutely. I'm, frankly, a little fuzzy on the on all the details about what happened. Yeah. I'm guessing she probably has a clearer recollection of what happened. And we want to know. I think people want to know. Yeah. And Cassie, you need to know, the joke I made about her being a hooker, the girl who came to that motel room on the air, was strictly that a joke. I never thought you were actually yeah, a hooker. It's like the radio station paid for it just so this wouldn't be a bust of a second. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's what That was one joke I made. But also, Kevin and me were like, what kind? of woman would have sex with you of all people just you know on an invitation and i said i have no idea maybe she's a hooker i have no idea yeah so there was a lot of jokes being made but no one actually thought that of, of you cassie you're a very charming lovely lady and thanks so much for reaching out and now i know you listen and it's it's a little awkward but kind of fun <laughs> anyway that's it for today's garmy online you too can be featured on garmy on the line we got to take that first step you have to have sex with me in a motel room on my birthday <laughs> or you could just call me And now it's time for us, as we do every Monday here on the Ralph Report, is take a look at the big calendar that hangs here on the Batcave wall and find out what holidays are associated with each day of the calendar year, or each Monday of the calendar year now anyway, in a segment called Holiday or Holiday. Holiday or Holiday, please tell me what we celebrate, Ralph Garman. I have to work out the pattern for the intro to this yeah. segment now that it's all turned the topsy-turvy change every monday uh holiday or holiday we look at holidays and we let some slide and then we reject others and today's holidays kick off with fairy day it's fairy day eddie fairy not, not the, fairy the, the boat day. that takes cars across not fairy no. not fairy oh, fairy day. not fairy it's fairy day like tinkerbell like tinkerbell mm. exactly fairies have been part of our collective consciousness for as long as man has been around I mean, it seems like almost every culture all over the world has some sort of folk tales about fairies. Now, they come in different shapes and sizes. Some of them are little tiny cherubs with butterfly wings, like Tinkerbell, yeah. and some are larger. But did you know that dwarves and gnomes in uh, fairy tales are also part of the fairy family? Oh, They're it all is. part of the same species, okay. yeah. I didn't know. Um, uh, also, in the Germany, a lot of fairy stories come out of Germany. There were fairies that lived in the mines that would knock on the walls to tell the miners of pending cave-ins. Hmm. And they were called knockers. That makes sense. Yeah, the knockers. Do you want, probably just want some dripping water behind the rocks. Probably that, yes. <laughs> then there were famous red-hatted gnomes that lived in your garden that would help people out. Okay. The garden gnomes. That's why they created the We pay the tribute to them today, exactly, okay. with little statues. And then my favorite of all the fairies are the Irish selkies. The selkies were uh, female fairies that started their lives as seals, but then they would take off their skin when they came ashore, what? and they would take the form of beautiful women. What kind of drugs did people do? And if you were lucky enough to steal their skin, they were bound to you as a wife for the remainder of their lives. As long as they didn't find their skin, you had to hide it, because if they found their seal skin, they'd put the seal skin back on and turn back into a seal and go back <laughs> into the water. How many guys were fucking seals? 
back in That's, Ireland that were trying to get away with it by telling got, that story. They got drunk and fucked a seal and then had to make up oh, a lie. Oh, no, she get found out. her skin again. No, she's actually a beautiful woman, my wife is. But she must have found, I keep her skin underneath, under oh. the sink there where I keep all, uh, some of my, my whiskey and she must have found it there and put it on. That's why she looks like a seal now in my bed, officer. <laughs> The links we go to ain't to that, justify what we've truth. done. Anyway, I'm all for seal, uh, fairy day. My kid is going to fairy camp this summer. Fairy? Do they go through the woods looking it's for fairies? It's a week-long thing where they learn about fairies, and they they write notes to the fairies, and they do fairy activities. Fairies right now are very hot with oh, little is it, girls. Is it? Yeah, it's a big phenomenon. Okay. Today is also <laughs> swim-a-lap day. Get in the pool, swim-a-lap, get some exercise. One lap? Swim. I thought that was odd, too. Swim a lap. One day. lap. Maybe they're suggesting if you start with one. You'll do two. Then you'll do two, mm. and then it'll grow, and then by the end of uh, the summer, you'll be Michael Phelps. <laughs> Just weird. Look, it's great exercise, especially for folks who have a hard time doing other things because of uh, knee problems, joint problems. Yeah, very low impact on the body. Low impact, great for the cardiovascular, great for the musculature, so um, absolutely swimming. They could have called it swimming day, I guess. Swimming, just get in the pool and move around. Probably would have been better, but you can't fault the uh, motivation behind no. it. So, happy swim a lap day, everyone. It's also take my children to work day. Mm. Please take my children to work day. I've done that. <laughs> we put up video evidence of it before. This is, though, for the stay at home caregiver. Oh, then what does that mean? It's please take my kids to work oh, day so, I, so that mom or dad who stays at off. home. To take care of the kids, the <laughs> other parent, who is the primary breadwinner, has to take the kids off the, the, the home caregiver's hands and take them to, into the office so that mom or dad can kick back and watch have a some off. television and pop a cold one and gotcha. enjoy themselves. So please take my kids to work day is a day off for whoever has to stay at home and, and raise the kids, which is primarily your your job, right? For a long time, yes. I mean, Tracy goes out there selling houses and stuff. Yeah. When you're not working, you're you're probably the, uh, the I primary was, caregiver I at was home. for a long time. We're both sort of work from home now, but for a long time, she was in an you're office. Mr. Mom, I was right? Mr. Mom for years. Yeah. So on this particular day, she would have taken the kid into the office. like, sweet. And you could have just... I could masturbate all over the house. Get some chicken right? nuggets and just paint the walls. <laughs> Treat it like a hotel just room. spackle the walls with some <laughs> Pence Essence. <laughs> Essence of Pence. That's what I do when I'm alone. Oh, why not? It's what we all do. <laughs> and you know, I love to keep the food-related holidays for the end because it's always a challenge to know what Eddie Pence is going to eat. Except on his birthday, we know he's eating uh, nuggets, and fries. nuggets and fries. You're not digging in over there. I guess you don't... Uh, no, I, well, I don't want to be chewing the whole show. I gave you permission. I all think right. the Garmy will let you eat on your well, birthday show. I'm eating show. french fries right now. All right. Today, you know how it works. I, today, I talk about the holiday itself. I talk about the food. And then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine to see whether it's something he eats or not. Give you a chance to wager at home. If three of the items come up on the reels, well, then he eats it. And there's a big payout and everybody rejoices. Or it's just another day with Eddie Pence. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Today is National Praline Day. Oh, pralines. One of my favorite confections is the praline. Here's what makes a praline a praline. It's made from nuts, whether in pieces or whole or ground up, and sugar syrup, and then it's combined with other sweet stuff to make a variety of different kinds of pralines. For example, the Belgian praline is a hard chocolate shell with softer, sometimes liquid praline filling inside of it. Sometimes there's French pralines, which is almonds and caramelized sugar into sort of a hard candy. And then the American pralines contain... Milk or cream or softer and creamier kind of resemble fudge. But they're usually made with nuts. It came over from France, and a lot of the French settlers in Louisiana started using uh, almonds or pecans. So it's a combination, really, of chocolate and sugar and nuts to make a delicious taste treat that we all know and love as the praline. The question is, is this something Eddie Pence would eat, or would he spit it all over the front row of the Garmy uh, at the live Ralph report? Let's find out here by pulling the handle. Here we go. We got one praline, two pralines, three pralines, three pralines! <laughs> you are a riddle wrapped in a conundrum, deep dipped in an enigma. Well, you don't like nuts? Chocolate. Well, it depends on the nut. Not, I'm not a ban on all nuts. Just certain nuts. It depends on the nut. All right. Well, what if the praline was chocolate coated and the inside it was almond and sugar? I could do that. That's something yeah, you'd I'd, eat. I do that. All right. So you did an almond praline, but yeah. not a pecan praline. Oh, fuck that. Okay. No. Uh -uh. Fuck right. praline. No, of course. Pecans. We know. We heard it in your rap. <laughs> pecan. Pecan, man. <laughs> Pie, or however it went. Pecan. Yeah. 
I'm terrible. No, it's supposed to be bad, and you followed directions I did. perfectly. Didn't even try. So there you go. Eddie Pence eats pralines. Look, this is a magical day. It's his special really birthday show. He's he's nuggets, eating pralines, doing eating what I nuggets, love. chewing into the microphone with permission. <laughs> it's all magical for him. It hits the way I breathe. It's really going to hate this show. <laughs> and that's <laughs> <laughs> didn't even dawn on me. Yeah, she will. That's it for today's holiday or holiday. You think John Cooperman just came hearing that jingle again? <laughs> he does. He, just, he forgets about it and all of a sudden. Because we missed it last week because we played the live show on That's Monday. right. It's been two so weeks. So it's been two weeks. He's just been sitting by his phone oh waiting God. to hear that. Just... Oh. Love you, Coop. All right, time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Showbiz Beat. On Mondays, we like to take a look at the top 10 movies at the box office to see what people went to see in theaters over the weekend. And no surprise here, the box office was dominated by toys. Toy Story 4 came in at number one with $118 million Damn. in its opening weekend. Damn. Actually, that was below expectations, really? Eddie. Yeah, they were expecting a $140 million opening weekend for that movie. Summer's been pretty disappointing so far for movies. For a lot of sequels, it certainly has. Yeah. yeah. Except for, of course, for Endgame. Endgame, but yeah. But um, some people are saying there was a bit of grumbling from Toy Story fans, especially parents, saying the story was sort of tied up so neatly in number three. Was there yeah. really a, ne a necessity for number four? However, box office insiders are saying the reaction to people coming out of the theater is so strong. That I've heard great things. Word of mouth will actually give this movie what they call legs, okay. and it will last. It will have higher box office numbers over a longer period of time. Because of how good it is. It doesn't really have any competition, I think, until Spider-Man in two weeks. That's really. true. So yeah. should... Number two is Child's Play. Came in at number two with just $14 million. Mm, a lot of people not interested. I don't think so. Number three was Aladdin with $12 million. Men in Black International made $10.7 million. Made it number four. All those are sequels or remakes. Yes. Every single one of Secret them. Secret Life of Pets 2 is number oh my, five. They're all sequels or remakes. The top five or films at the box God. office. All sequels or reboots. Come on, Hollywood. Uh, Secret Life of Pets 2 made $10.2 million. That was good enough to make it number five. The first original film is Rocket Man at number six with $5.6 million. John Wick, Chapter 3, was seventh. Godzilla, King of Monsters, Dark Phoenix, and Shaft. There's Jesus. only one original film in the top ten, and that, that's Rocket Man. My God, this industry needs a an enema. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> And even Rocket Man is based on the life of an right. established character. It's not one real original story. Not a brand new story in the oh, bunch. Oh, man. Kind of crazy. So that's your weekend box office. Donald Trump star vandal, the guy who took a pickaxe to Donald yes. Trump star. Yes. Now he's in trouble again because apparently he stole a statue of Marilyn Monroe from the corner of La Brea and Hollywood. Do you know that? That's uh, right where I live. I live oh, right really? like two blocks from there. So you know that, uh, yeah. that statue with the, the four... Ladies of the cinema holding up that sort of gazebo, yep. and then there's Marilyn Monroe on, on top, top yeah. from, um, uh, what's the movie where her uh, dress is getting blown away? Uh, uh, Seven Year Itch. Yes. Someone climbed up there with a hacksaw and sawed her off and stole it. Which is quite a feat. That's if you've seen that, If you've seen that structure, it's quite a feat. To... I, I can't imagine wanting anything that badly. And then to take the time to hacksaw the thing off, it's not just going to break right off. No, it's yeah, gonna, you're going to be up there for a while. And then steal it, and they're saying through... Various evidence from video and uh, fingerprints, things like that. They think it's the same guy, <laughs> which kind of diminishes his legend a little bit, yeah. doesn't it? From being the guy who made a political statement by hacking up yeah. he's a hero and Donald Trump's star. Now he's now just, just a, a common thief a and man. vandal. Yeah, now he's just a piece of Which is of weird because there's, so, there's such a strong police presence in that area because it's so tourist heavy. Well, to, it was down in the middle of the night. Well, I, I mean, know, but even, I've, I've walked that street in the middle. <laughs> well, why didn't you stop him then? Why weren't you out there Sorry. patrolling the streets? I didn't, I didn't have my costume on. Anyway, uh, the statue's still missing. So they have him in custody. I'm sure it'll turn up eventually. Oh, they got to interrogate him. Yeah, maybe he's going to hold it for ransom or something. <laughs> anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, Jill Soloway, creator of Transparent, has now been charged with taking on the new Red Sonja movie that originally Brian Singer was going to direct. Oh. So in what some people are saying is a very political move in these Me Too days, yeah. they've taken Brian Singer, who was accused by several young well, I have to say boys, underage boys of uh, sex and molestation. Yeah, he denied all those charges, but they didn't want to be associated with him, so they pulled him off the Red Sonja reboot. And now they have tapped Jill Soloway, who, as I mentioned, created Transparent. She is now going to take over that 
directing chore for Millennium Films and bring Red Sonja to It'd be the interesting screen. to see a woman's take on those barbarian type films. It gets even better because Jill identifies as a gender non-binary person. Oh. So she goes by the pronouns they and them. Gotcha. So they will be directing Red Sonja right. and we will get their opinion uh, okay. of how that story should be told. All right. Now, it's all interesting. They have a long history in television drama. They produced um, Six Feet Under. They worked on that. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, they, they created Transparent. No history at all in action adventure. Uh, That'd be interesting. Sword and sorcery kind of films. It's so. way different. It's way different. <laughs> way a lot different. of different skill set. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Mm. I'm not saying someone can't do that the first time out. Just no prior experience. Yeah. We'll see what happens. This is an interesting story. Speaking of uh, Hollywood's history, Kevin Costner he was giving an interview and they talked about the legendary poster for The Bodyguard. Remember that film he did with Whitney Houston? Yeah. Iconic image of him carrying Whitney Houston through the rain on that uh, yes. image, saving her life. He revealed during the conversation that the woman he's carrying in that picture is not Whitney Houston. Oh, really? It was her double, her screen double. Whitney had already gone home, and that was her double, <laughs> and her head was buried into my shoulder, and we just shot some pictures, and that ended up being the black and white shot that was used for the poster. Oh, Interesting. That, is. that uh, probably happens more often than not. Those, I would think so. In yeah. those sort of... Most posters, posters are different people's bodies with faces... They're all uh, photoshopped, photoshopped and, yeah. on. Yeah. But apparently, at the time, Warner Brothers said, you, we can't use this because Whitney Houston's face isn't on the She's poster. She's the star of the movie. And Kevin Costner, they said they tried to Photoshop her head turned around, facing out a couple times. It just <laughs> didn't look awesome. right. So he said, I think we got it the first time, and they went with that poster. And I bet he did want that because he's the yeah, only one. It's all Kevin Costner his face. all day long. And then we come to the completely irrelevant part of the show. Did you hear about this new comedy tour, Eddie? This new stand-up tour. Is there tour? a new stand-up tour by a non-comedian? No, they're, oh. they're comedians. Oh, they're comedians? I guess. Andrew Dice Clay and Roseanne Barr have announced Jesus they are going Christ. to be co-headlining a comedy tour around these United States. Oh. It's called the Mr. and Mrs. America Tour. Oh, come on. Eddie, and they're going to be standing up for the comedian's right to not be silenced and to say whatever they want to say, which I believe in. You can say whatever you want to say, yes. but if people don't want to hear that or choose not to put you on their platform because of that, that is their right. Or if I want to respond to what you say yes. by saying you're an asshole, then yeah. that also is my constitution. You have your first right. You're not being put in jail for these words. Uh, <laughs> you have a first amendment right Andrew Dex Clay and Roseanne Barr. Man. They should call that tour Seeking Relevancy. <laughs> Mr. And Mrs. Irrelevant. <laughs> Jesus. Congratulations to Tommy Schlamme. He has been reelected as the Directors Guild president. The only reason I wanted to do this story is because I love the name Tommy, Tommy Schlamme. Yeah. He is a longtime television director, works with Aaron, Aaron Sorkin a lot. He directed West Wing and Sports Night and a, a lot of shows with Aaron Sorkin. Also married to, I believe they're still married, to uh, Allison Janney. Oh, yeah. Allison Janney Schlamme. Yeah, exactly. So Tommy Schlamme, congratulations. <laughs> Speaking of husbands and wives, Alice Cooper and his wife told an interviewer recently they have made a death pact and they're going to go together. When one of them dies, the other one will go with them. How much younger is she than him? She is 10 years younger. Right. They've been married for a long time, 43 years. Okay, I well, I guess that's... Long time married. He is 71, she is 61. And they said, I couldn't live without her, said Alice Cooper. We've always said there will be, there'll never be a time when one of us is mourning the other. When it does happen, we're going to go together. Let's just wait and see if that happens. If he goes first, let's wait and say, <laughs> see if she jumps in the casket after. Him. Yeah. Because he could drop dead at any moment if you look at him. And it's his choice. If she goes first and he doesn't want to stick around, I don't think you should speak for, for, on her behalf. <laughs> My wife would like me to go now and then stay around for a lot longer without me being around. So not every, not every situation is the same. And Tom Holland's at it again, spoiling things for people. Oh, man. Although I think in this case, the spoiler rage is ill-founded. Is it? I don't think there's any any reason. He was on a British talk show called The Graham Norton Show. You ever watch yeah. that on BBC America? He's one of the best interviewers there is. Such an entertaining yeah. program. And Tom Holland was on there promoting, as you can imagine, Spider-Man All the Way Home or whatever the thing far is called. Far From Home. Yeah. Far From Home. It was like Three Little Piggies. All the Way Home. Wee, 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 All the Way Home. Oh, we go All the Way Home. Yes. Um, and he was talking about the film, saying what it's going to be like and what they cover it. And he said, of course, the film is a, a direct continuation of Avengers Endgame, so we'll deal with the ramica ramifications 
of that film, like yeah. the death of Tony Stark. And that's when everybody went crazy, Eddie. Why? People what, were what saying, saying to him, you've ruined Endgame for me because you told oh, me that Tony off. Stark dies in that film. The trailer's out. The Spider-Man trailer's out that basically says they're mourning Tony Stark in the trailer. Here's some of the tweets. Thanks for giving a spoiler away on the Graham Norton show. Yes, okay, so I've not seen Endgame, but we're still looking forward to watching it. Hashtag ruined. Apparently not. If you haven't seen it now, you don't really give a shit. I'm sorry. Another fan. Oh, cheers, Tom Holland. I haven't seen Avengers Endgame yet. Thanks for the massive oh spoiler. God. They just love bitching. And then the last one's my favorite. I've actually avoided Avengers spoilers for months. <laughs> then I watched the Graham Norton show for five minutes, and what? Tom Holland what? has ruined it for me. I've also avoided the movie for months. How long were you planning on holding out before you broke down and went to see it in the theaters? Until it's on network TV in that five years? That was insane. Oh my God. I'm just not going to see any spoilers. That's, that logic only applies before opening day. Yeah. You're not supposed maybe, to hold it. Maybe a week after it opens. After that, you're, it's on you. And more dumb people in show business news. <laughs> this is my favorite story by far. So we're going we're gonna to close on this one. <sighs> there is a show on Amazon Prime called Good Omens. Are you familiar with yes. this? Best on the, based awesome. on the comics book it, by good. Neil Gaiman. Uh, great cast in it as well. It's uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen. And they play an angel and a devil who are naturally uh, opponents, but they're sort of friendly rivals. And right. they team up together because the Antichrist is coming to end the planet. Yeah. And they both kind of like living on Earth, so they team up, despite yeah. their differences, to stop this from happening. By all accounts, it's terrific. And as I mentioned, it is on Amazon Prime. Well, as you can imagine, Eddie, a Christian group has gotten together a petition with thousands of signatures of Christians demanding that the show be canceled. The group is called the Return to Order Campaign. Ugh. From the Foundation of a Christian Civilization is the name of their group. And they say the TV series presents devils and Satanists as normal and being even good, where they merely have a different way of being and mocks God's wisdom. And angel and demon are friends. And they're meant to be Earth's ambassadors for good and evil, respectively. The pair tries to stop the coming of the Antichrist because they're comfortable and like the Earth so much. And God is voiced by a woman. They said. They actually said that. Yes, they absolutely did. So God has to be a man to them. Apparently. Wow. Uh, the denial of good and evil, morality and natural law do not exist, just humanism. It's an ultimately useless creed. This is another step to make Satanism appear normal, light, and acceptable. We must show our rejection. Please sign our petition. Please tell Netflix that we will not stand silent as they destroy the barriers of horror that we still have for evil. They addressed it to Netflix? They sent it to Netflix. <laughs> And the show is on Amazon Prime. Oh, just, just, first of all, we're not all Christians, so we don't Let care. other people but, watch what they want to right. watch. Um, and humanism, if that was practiced, the world would be a much better place if it, we all practiced humanism. It's so spectacular that they're so stupid they don't even know where the show is airing and who to complain to. Yeah. Netflix jokingly promised on Twitter they promised not to make any more episodes of Good Omens. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that made them happy and they maybe go away. Maybe it did. <laughs> we promise not to make any more, said Netflix on Twitter about the Amazon Prime show. And Amazon Prime also joined in the fun telling Netflix, hey, Netflix, we'll cancel Stranger Things if you cancel Good Omens. <laughs> so once again, stupidity rears uh, its ugly head. Yeah, I definitely. thought that was magic. All right, let's take a look at all of today's celebrity birthdays. These stars born on this day, June 24th. Legendary guitarist Jeff Beck is 75 years old today. You may know him from the Yardbirds or his amazing solo work, one of the greats. Here's a little bit of birthday boy Jeff Beck. Guys like Clapton who can just make the guitar talk. Yeah. It's like someone singing. So beautiful. Uh, a couple co-stars from RoboCop have birthdays today. Peter Weller, RoboCop himself, is 72. And Nancy Allen, his old partner, is 69 years the same old. same birthday? Yeah, how oh. about that? Singer Colin Blundstone from the Zombies is 74 years old today. One of the legendary bands out of the 60s. Let me try with pleasured hands to 
Too. Oh, good. Actor Joe Penny from Jake and the Fat Man. Oh, who could forget Jake, Jake and the, the Fat Man? I haven't thought of that show in a long yeah, time. William Conrad as the Fat Man. <laughs> Joe Penny is Jake. If I was William Conrad, I'd say, can we, can we change the title? It's <laughs> Jake and Mr. Portly to something? It's a little rude. Uh, he was also on a show called Riptide with Perry King, where they played two beefy, hunky private eyes I don't together. remember that one. They lived in a boat, I think. Uh, 63 years old today. Drummer Mick Fleetwood of legendary Fleetwood Mac is 72 years old today. You can go your own way. Actress Mindy Kaling from The Mindy Project and The Office, 40 years old today. Singer Astro from UB40 is 62. Roar, roar, roar. Actress Minka Kelly is 39 years old, singer and keyboardist Andy McCluskey of Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, also known as OMD. He's 60 today. Actor Justin Hires from the reboot of MacGyver and the TV version of Rush Hour. <laughs> this guy does a lot of reboot work. Also, I did a sitcom with him that Kevin Smith wrote uh, years ago. Justin was one of the cast members along with myself. Good guy. He's 34 years old today. Bassist Kurt Smith of Tears for Fears is 58. Sounds like the soundtrack to every 80s teen romance movie ever. Actress Danielle Spencer, who played D on What's Happening, is 54. Do you remember the, the sitcom remember, What's yeah. Happening? Rerun. Rerun and Raj. Raj. Hey, 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 Dwayne. Oh, it's good stuff, including one of the great all-time sitcom theme songs. song just says wacky that's a wacky family right my god it's hard to digest (laughs) actress sherry stringfield from er and uh, the early days of nypd blue 52 years old today and bassist john ilsley of the great dire straits celebrates his 70th birthday today with the sultans with the sultans of swing And that's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And now it's time for my uh, conversation with one of my bunnies, Sean Hattesey. One of the very first guests I ever had on this show was Sean. When he heard that I'd lost my radio gig and I was starting this thing, he said, whatever I can do, man, I'll come on and I'll be a guest and we'll talk about Southland or Animal Kingdom or whatever you need. And he's always been so good to me. So we were talking the other day about his show and I said, why don't you come on? And talk about Animal Kingdom because it's been so good this season, and I want to turn people onto it if they're not watching. So here's my conversation with Sean Hattesey about this season's Animal Kingdom. And here he is, the man, the myth, the legend, Sean Hattesey from TV's Animal Kingdom. How you doing, sir? 
Wow, that's an introduction. I can get I could get used to that. Look, it's I all get true. Used to that. Look, you <laughs> I, know, I I've seen you on Twitter post that you're probably one of the greatest actors of our generation. That's right. That's right. That's my 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 pinned tweet. Um, <laughs> as I say, you know, somebody on the street came up to me and asked me if I was an actor, and I said, "I'm not just any actor. I'm the greatest actor of all time." And then I started <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> well, I'm not one to argue because this season of Animal Kingdom has been ridiculously good. You guys keep topping yourselves every year. Yeah, it's um, you know, there's there's a lot going on. Uh, we have Emily Deschanel joined us. Um, and then the Cody, the Cody clan were, um, we're still robbing people and robbing banks and Pope is, um, he's in a pretty low place. Yeah, Actually, it's funny the at, the end of, at the end of every season, I'm like, at the end of season one, I was like, well, how could he, like, he's at such a low place. How could he even get lower? And then <laughs> season two, he was even lower. And then season three, he was lower. And, you know, it's, it's, I'm amazed at at the writer's ability to be able to take him to a spot that you don't think he can recover from, but then he does. And then yet he still sinks lower. Is that exhausting for you as an actor to have to go to that place every day when you go to work? Not the emotional stuff, but Pope physically this year, I tried because he's fight, he's doing this cage <laughs> fighting Smurf decided that because he wasn't sleeping and he was so angry that he should start um, fighting in a cage. Sure, get, naturally. Yeah. Um, so I, I foolishly decided that I wanted to, you know, just grow a lot physically, and and I wanted him to look like a slab of meat. Um, so that that part of it took a lot out of me, just getting physically in the right place. Um, but no, because you know the other thing about Pope is like he's not the most verbose dude you know so no. it's like <laughs> just have to show up and and grunt a lot and, <laughs> and stare people down look i mean if everybody could do it i bet they would but i guess it's a special skill that not everybody can do and i guess it was lena last season kind of gave him a little sense of humanity and a little sense of hope and now that she's been out of out of the picture it's just so grim over there in the in the Cody household it really is you know he he literally gave up lena you know gave her a life gave her a life that she could flourish in and in return for smurf letting making him stay with her at the house so he's kind of given up lena you know to be smurf's prisoner yeah and the the addition of Emily Deschanel this year as Angela Boy, is she great? And so unlike her longtime role on Bones, I mean, she's a completely different person, and it's just so much fun to watch. She's um, she, her character is one that is tough to, uh, to to figure out. She it's a very complex character, which as actors, those are the best. Um, and uh, yeah, it's quite the departure from what. Uh, from what she did on Bones, and, and she's she's crushing it. And it's so great, I'm sure, you know, every season to bring in some new energy and a, a new player to, for the company and just have somebody new to play with, right? Yeah, it, it really, it balances things out. Um, and then, you know, there's always the, 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 the strong chance for a crossover episode where, you know, we haven't found Kat's body and maybe we will. And then maybe Emily can use some of her skills from her other show to determine what happened. I love that. Speaking of crossovers, did you see uh, John Wells talking about how much he loved Southland and would love to do more of those? I did see that. Um, and I actually emailed him and told him immediately that I was available. <laughs> Look, Mackenzie's so, done with Gotham. I think uh, Cutlets yeah. is around. It seems like a natural. It does. It's just that we're going to have to nail down Regina. She's like just too busy winning Academy Awards and <laughs> Emmys and all kinds of stuff. But I, I mean, look, last, last time I talked to her, she said she'd do it. So, you know, it's just going to take some, some network or whatever to say, let's, you know, give these guys this, we only need to do like six episodes or something like that. Right. Um, everybody wants to do it. So I, 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 th I think, 
I, I hold out hope that, that we still might do it. Um, uh, so, you know, that'd be great, man. I, I, I love that show. I actually would love to direct that show. Um, cause I didn't get a chance when, when, when we were on the air. I suggest a crossover episode where Sammy Bryant has to follow something going on down in Oceanside and he runs across Pope and it's just, you know, you square off against yourself. That would be the best. That that sounds fun because then I get to play two characters and there'd like be a whole green screen thing. And, you know, the characters are so different. I think I can pull it off. I think so, too. Speaking of directing, you directed this season as well, an episode, right? Yeah, I directed um, episode 11. Um, and, you know, I haven't really had a chance to decompress cause <laughs> I literally just finished. Um, but it, it was, it was a very rewarding experience. Um, and the other thing, the other part, which, you know, now that, because you're watching it, we, our narrative this season, we, we dive into the, the flashbacks, the 1977, um, young Smurf storyline. Yeah. So what, my episode deals a lot in that world and which is great because that made it so I didn't, I wasn't acting. I mean, I was still in it, but I wasn't in it as much as I was last season. So I could really just sort of sit back and, and do the, the directing thing, which, um, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed. That's so awesome. I can't wait to watch it. Look, I know you're busy. I know you've earned your summer vacation. I hope you take some time off with the family and kick back and relax, but Thanks for coming on and talking a little bit about this season. Again, I got to tell you, you know, it's one of my favorite shows on television, and all you guys are so great, and it's been it's been a blast catching up with you. Anytime, Ralph. And listen, when that my episode does air in August, I'd love to kind of connect again if we could. Hell yeah. You're welcome here anytime, all right. sir. All right, buddy. Sean, thanks so much. Thank you, dude. Animal Kingdom can be seen on TNT on cable at 9 p.m. Uh, if, you're, if you're not watching it, go back. Go on TNT.com, catch up on all the episodes, and then watch this season because it's just terrific. Ellen Barkin's in it. She's great. Finn Cole from Peaky Blinders, also great on this show. So do yourself a favor and check it out. Tomorrow, it's a brand new Ralph Report for a Tuesday. That is TV Tunes Tuesday. Of course, we'll have the usual nonsense. And the first lady, Carrie Garman, will be sitting in the second chair so Mr. Pence can go off and have some fun with his family. Sweat my ass off. Have a blast, sir. Have a great vacation. Thank you. I'm going to miss you guys. And we'll see you after uh, Independence Day. And uh, we'll we'll start this all over again. A couple weeks. All right. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys, for tuning in today. Love you. Mean it. Bye. (laughs) 